Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. It's like being back in the valley in Brisbane, listening to that intro again. But we are at week one. Finally, it is here. My name's Aaron Camp. as always joined by Will Murden. How are you going tonight, William? We're here, buddy. Season launch. It's like we're on the precipice of greatness again. I'm, I'm really excited. Really fucking excited. That's good. How's the leg holding up? Not good. I'm like that that side of my life just everything outside of the college football thing is is struggling a little bit at the moment but uh mm-hmm. you know it's the yin and the yang can't have it all my own way um for those listeners uh playing at home what's he done what's the old fella done don't fucking know but uh it's kind of like the mother of all corkies i'm hoping uh-huh. but uh it, i was just debilitated and then straight onto a plane uh, up up to Brisbane over the last few days, and it was like so bad that when I was getting off the plane, the air hostesses got the wheelchair for me, and were like, <laughs> "Jump in this," and I'm like, "Ain't no fucking way that's happened." <laughs> you um, should I, have. I, I, I absolutely should have because it took me like an hour to get out of the terminal. Mm-hmm. But uh, my pride is too much, and I had a work colleague there, and I didn't want him fucking filming it. So <laughs> I would have liked to have seen it. Would have been good. Tough going, yes. tough going, but uh, on the mend. That's good. Uh, well, I know you've got the day off to rest and recover and, and hopefully see your cow pokes get a win early in the season. Uh, so we will get to all the, the games around week one. I say all the games, we'll get to most of the games. Obviously, a bit of a different look for us this year, just the one episode per week. So we're going to try and hit um the headlines from last week we're going to build in some of the week one stuff as well but it's going to be rapid fire we're going to go fast and furious and uh yeah obviously the the deep dive is stuff that we'll do behind closed doors but probably not so much on this show because we're just old and it takes a lot of time it's hard work which we're still going to do anyway we're still going to do it we're just not going to talk about it as much (laughs) we'll just be messing into each other we will be, absolutely. But no, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun this year, I think, throughout uh, watching games. We, we won't break it down as technical-like uh, as we have previously, which has not been all that technically savvy. But <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're going to focus on having a bit of fun with it, uh, hitting the high points and, and really making sure that those who listen into the show get a good grasp of what's happened each week and uh, are looking forward to the next week, just the same as you and I. Now, before we get to that, we are in the middle of our fantasy draft still, which I just have a little bit of a bone to pick with you around that. You've dicked us with this like eight hours per pick. I know we've got like an international flavor to our fantasy uh, league this year. Well, in all years that we've been involved with this, but mate, you're killing me here. I'm just, I'm hustling through picks. It's, you're doing me in. I kind of like it. It's like a little treat you get if you're lucky one pick a day. Uh, the <laughs> rate we're going at the moment, it's yeah. it, it is it is difficult. But uh, you're not the one who has to message every fucking bloke every time they're up. Like, hey mate, any chance you could make a pick? Four uh, hours later, sorry, was at work. Sorry, was asleep. Sorry, was like jerking off. Like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh I don't know. I'm just sitting there waiting to pick, and like, and it gets to nighttime, right? Like eight hours is yeah, that's good. But if you go to bed early when you're fucking tired, which I do, and I'm not about setting those like 
cues for auto picks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. I want to see what's happening and then get a lay of the land. So then it's like, well, now I've got to stay up because I was a victim of this. On. I was a victim of this last night. You would have noticed I got auto picked out because I was, I was wrecked after a day. I flew back in. I was like, I need to catch up on some fucking sleep. And I knew I was next up to pick. And there was somebody yank who obviously was waiting to wake up. And sure enough, just as I was out, it would have been my pick. And then eight hours later, I'm now the George proud over. Yeah, he was in my queue though. I'm happy with him because he's yeah. boss. Yeah, unlike one of our guys, he's got a defend like one defense, two defensive linemen, and two linebackers or something. And it's like, I mean, defense wins championships. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let us move on. So. Uh, before we do kick off into the news and, and a touch on week zero, we've got the Vault Studio podcast. We are a part of that particular institution. Uh, make sure you do head across to the Vault Studios on Facebook uh, and other locales from a social media perspective. Do hit them up. Um, Burnley Brewing, of course. Where's my beer? Uh, we t- Today, we will get to the interesting games that we're going to see from week one. The headlines... Uh, that will occur after the the after week one is wrapped up, and I w- this isn't just like this may be the head. These aren't predictions. This is going to be what the headlines will be. It, it's not a it's not a maybe. It's not an if or a but. This is what will happen. It's almost like I've been into the time machine and we've seen into the future. All right, we've got a bit of uh, Back from the Future Almanac action going on. Exactly. And then we're going on the punt as well, which is not a look into the future. In fact, if anything, it is the direct opposite of that. I I could tell you the future right now. I am going to bet a lot and I am going to lose a lot of money. (laughs) Good. All right, let's get to a quick bit of news. The news centers around, of course, week zero. Um, You said you wanted to touch on something before the show. I said... Has it got something to do with Nebraska Northwestern? To which you replied, of course it fucking does. Fucking absolutely it does. And I'm going I'm to really get this off my chest straight away because I've been stewing on it and I'm not happy. So for okay. those of you that did listen to our, uh, our preview episodes, I may or may not have been quite big on the Nebraska Cornhuskers this year. I thought this is the year that they're going to turn it around. They lost a lot of close games last year. Scott Frost has been there long enough that he's got his fingers all over this. I was backing him in. That's the problem. That is the problem. (laughs) I thought this was going to be their time. And to be honest, I don't think Northwestern are going to be that good this year. So I had a lot of confidence going into that game that they were going to win that comfortably. And like even halfway through that game, I think they were looking pretty comfy in that. And yet somehow they found a way to go all Carlton on that shit and fucking drop it. And you know what? I'm not a Nebraska fan. Like, I feel sorry for those Nebraska fans that have to live with that. Because you go to that school, you're tired of that school, you're a fan, whatever it is, you've got to be a fan. Me, I just picked them because I thought it might be good. So I can fucking get off them. And I am. Like, immediately, I'm done. Fuck, I don't have to put myself through that shit this year. I'm not doing it. I'm out. I'm on Minnesota. Fuck you. Fuck you, Nebraska. Minnesota, you're in. I've got you for the year. <laughs> that did not take long. Uh, and 100% agree. They went all the way to the island. Not the island. They went all the way to Ireland. The Republic Ireland. of Ireland. Uh, and, yeah, still managed to Scott Frost and Nebraska their way to a three-point loss uh, after being up big. 
Mike Whipple offense and Casey Thompson look really, really good in that. I don't want to break this down too far, but the offense looked really good. The Casey Thompson, the transfer from Texas, was lighting it up, and it, it looked all, you know, it was all good. Nebraska were kicking goals, and then, and then, Scott Frost decides to kick an onside kick. Uh, Northwestern score a touchdown two plays late, three plays later, and then the whole thing started to unravel. Nebraska threw a couple of picks on the last three drives. There was two interceptions, turnover on downs. Um, they went three and out a whole bunch after half time, and the whole thing ground to a halt. So, really disappointing for Nebraska. Can Scott Frost keep his job? Absolutely not. Like he's done, and I kind of message if he, if he runs the, the table. If he runs the table and wins the Big Ten, yes, but he can't do that. So <laughs> I, I didn't say can he. I said you know, well, I did say can. He. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I definitely exactly said what you can said. He. And, he, and he, yeah. like the, I, I honestly do not see any world <laughs> in which like they need to win the Big Ten now from here, which they wouldn't have done if they had won this. If they had have won eight or nine games, he would have been fine. I think, depending on some of those losses in there. He was always on the hot seat. But now, he's, there's no coming back from this. I, they might as well have sacked him on at that spot. Done. Okay. Yeah, and found just left him there in the Republic of Ireland. Uh, Northwestern, on the other hand, their offense looked good. And I think we do need to mention that. Is That was something that I thought would be an absolute disaster. But that offense looked okay. Yes, it's only week one. There's a long way to go yet. And there's a lot of settling in that still needs to occur. Uh, but the offense looked okay. Speaking of okay offenses, how about them Commodores? Woo-hoo, when's the last time they put up 60-odd points? Like 1970-something. That was a Ooh. long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah, they crushed Hawaii. Uh, and and a good start for the Doors. Um, so, yeah, off to a flying start there. UNLV was the other thing, the other team that made a, a bit of noise with the slot machine. Uh, very Vegas of them when they the turnover slot machine. <laughs> Thoughts on that, Will? That's lame. That is lame. I like feel like the turnover like props need to just jog on at this point. They've been done. Let's yeah. move on. I'm glad Miami have kind of gone away from it because they've seen how cringe some of this other stuff is and they're like, this has jumped the shark. Like, even though we're the originals, which they were, uh, they're like, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Time. It's like when the first parent dabbed. I'm like, well, no one's doing that anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That was a long time ago. People still... Dabbing. Do they do they uh, do that at school? Because I assume it's like a nah. Kid. They they just talk about like uh, it's all about dap like dapping each other up now. Like it's not a a, a personal and individual thing so much anymore. Okay. No, they're all like gritty. Still a thing. Or That's still was a thing. I was gonna. That ask. was still there for a bit. And and like again, kids don't know where any of this comes from in in Australia. They're like, oh, I'm doing the gritty. It's like you why it's like where what, dabbing or where'd that come from you don't know you've got no idea and it makes me angry because i do know and i'm an old person who knows stuff that they don't know and they don't know why it's popular but i know and then i try and tell them and they're like you're a dickhead and i'm like well yes that is accurate and they're like why are you playing so much Fortnite, mr kemp yeah that's what it would be but that has jogged. There's always something there's always some uh, oh, no i don't want to this would make fidget, me sound old fidget spinners and they had a short shelf life. Um, I'm glad they moved on. Um, the occasional like uh, kid with, let's call them social problems, uh, <laughs> still still uses a fidget spinner. 
That feels uh, like every... that's a tool that's been given to them for a very specific yeah, reason. Yeah, like like it, it comes with some sort of certificate or something, so that should <laughs> be okay. I feel like you earn a certificate. They, it's not a certificate. Well, it's like a, a medical sort of deal there, but... Uh, any danger yo-yos coming? We are fucking getting way off track here. But yeah, yo-yos. we are. Like, I mean, that is old, but no, for <laughs> one. But I do think that like the fads move through quicker than they used to when we were kicking around. Uh, I don't know what fads we had. Like, not yo-yos. We were like post yo-yo, but uh, like tech it, decks. Yeah, like t- they're one. back now though. They're like, back. They're still, they yeah, they're, they're still around. So maybe not. Maybe things don't move on. Anyway, <laughs> fucking kids, eh? All right, let us push on. Uh, we've got some the interesting games. Now, this segment is, is geared towards finding the three or four interesting games for us for the week and a quick discussion as to why we believe that will be the case. Something for you to enjoy as a casual observer of the game. This means that... These will probably be some of the more captivating experiences or highly ranked matchups. Probably will will get a bit of a run here as well, um, particularly as they would hold national significance. So, heading into those, I've got three games. Will I know you've got three games this week that are particularly interesting? There are a lot of games. There is a heap, in fact. There's almost more games this week than on any other week of the year. A lot of them, of course, include those uh, FCS matchups with. Uh, Power 5, Group of 5, FBS teams as well. So that's why there is such a big spread with the ginormous amount of -of out-of-conference games. A lot of them are going to be shit-kicking. Somebody will lose to an FCS team. That is definitely going to happen. Um, We're not sure who that will be, but they will probably not be the center of our interesting games this week. After that big... Diatribe, what is your game number one most interesting that we should be looking and checking out on Sunday morning? Well, I mean, I just had a look at what was I most excited about. What were the ones that I am most looking forward to? And we've been looking forward to for a number of months now. So looking through it, I've got real no no surprises in here. I think this would be the same for a lot of people who listen to this podcast. First off the bat, I've got Oregon, Georgia. So we've got the reigning champs uh, who have... Oregon coming to town. There's a number of storylines in here about how Georgia are going to perform with the mass exodus of their entire defense, it seems, through to the first round of the NFL draft. Are we going to see like an LSU-type regression where they were unbeatable and then pretty shitty? Or is it going to be more of an Alabama style, they were amazing, and then the next year somehow they're even fucking better? So that, for me, is one thing. Uh, I don't think Oregon are getting nearly enough of their due in this matchup here. So you've got Dan Lanning, former defensive coordinator at Georgia, coming across to Oregon. And I think they've got some pieces. Like this offensive line that they've got there is one of the top in the country. Uh, it's, it's just whether they can kind of make things work around that. And and that's why we're really not going into our analysis on these games. We don't fucking know at this stage, but I'm really excited for this one to find out. Last year, we obviously had Oregon taking on Ohio State. No one gave them a chance. They won that fucking game in the shoe. So this is not out of the realm of possibilities that they do the same thing. Am I expecting it? Absolutely not. But I think they're going to make this a, a tighter matchup than what you'll see Vegas give out. I think they've got quite a big line on this one. I like Oregon here uh, to keep it close. Uh, but Georgia are not a big scoring team. 
So 17 points is a lot of points against a talented team like the Ducks. Uh, so give me Oregon to keep it closer. And uh, yeah, this is, that's the first one I'm excited for, mate. Okay, cool. Uh, I will hit on some of that later uh, when I predict, not predict, when I tell you what happens in the future. Um, my first one that I'm looking forward to actually kicks off tomorrow. That's Purdue and Penn State. Uh, I like non-traditional powers. Ooh, careful there with Penn State, maybe. In the Big Ten. I'm not a huge fan of watching Ohio State Michigan. I don't know why. They've just never really grasped me. And, and the Big Ten's always been a conference that I've never really found. Although over recent years, I, I probably have gravitated more towards the Big Ten. But of the teams in that conference, you mentioned Minnesota already. Purdue's one that I really, really like. I love Aiden O'Connell. We know that offense is going to put up points. Uh, we know they're going to put up yards. And then you get a Penn State team that have been a bit of a mystery in the early parts of the season, haven't necessarily been traveling that well on the road. I don't necessarily trust James Franklin as a head coach. Um, a lot of this is stuff that I've stated before. But I think this game is going to be interesting, and I think it's going to be close. And that's what I want to see in week one, of course, or almost in every game is, is it going to be close? Is it going to be exciting? Uh, you've got a really good defense in, uh, sorry, a really good offense in Purdue. The, the defense from Penn State should be pretty good. Um, and then what are we going to see on the reverse matchup? Penn State's offense, which was a liability two years ago, better last year. And then Purdue's defense, which struggled up front against the run last year. And, and that's always been a bit of a, a uh, Achilles heel for them. And can they develop in that area? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing because I think that side of the ball is where the game is won and lost. But either way... Hard to go to West Lafayette and uh, and turn over the Boilermakers, but we'll see if Penn State can do that. Look, I am not shocked to hear that you are excited for a Purdue game, especially mm -hmm. early in the season when there's nothing but hope and opportunity ahead of them. Exactly. I think, later and I think that's, like, that's why I like getting on these teams early because like, if Purdue get rolled here, they're now relevant for the rest of the year and they're going to be not so easy to watch. Um, so that's why I like getting on them early. You're dead right. And I think that's a really good thing about college football. And, and you and I have kind of had a pet team. And I've talked about Minnesota this year. That they're a team. You want to jag someone early that you show a little bit more interest in. So like Wake Forest would have been a fantastic team yeah, last oh year. Yeah. To, like that, that was the hot team that you wanted to get in on. Uh, not Washington. Like that was that was a wrong decision but but I, I encourage fans of the sport to have a look around do a bit of like have a play around and go well actually i think this team things are shaping up well for them and then you follow it and you might flame out week one looking at you nebraska or you, <laughs> you, you might Didn't even get to week one before they flame out. exactly right that's that's how i'm able to do this that and i make the fucking rules it's, it's really cool yeah good um so no i'm with you uh that, that is one that I think, yeah, I'll, I'll certainly have on after my pokes play. All right, number two. Me. You at least. I am uh, looking forward to the Cincinnati-Arkansas game. Uh, again, a couple of somewhat rated teams this year. So another ranked matchup here, uh, both coming off of good seasons last year. Cincinnati, obviously a historic season for uh, the first group of five team to make it into the playoff. 
A uh, lot of turnover there. Importantly, not at the head coach position. So Luke Fickle stays on, which I think is massively important for that program. But they do lose Des Ritter. They do lose Kobe Bryant and Source Gardner as two of their stars on the defensive side. There's going to be a bit of turn. And they haven't publicly announced a starter at the quarterback position yet, which scares the shit out of me. On the flip side of that, you've got an Arkansas team who were like really, really solid last year. I, think, I don't think their final record fully represented how competitive this team was and how much of a step they'd made in the right direction. So for me, I'm excited to see if they can continue that momentum forward. They do have KJ Jefferson back, who is one of the more exciting players in all of the SEC, but they do have mass turnover on the defensive side of the ball. So there's a number of different moving pieces in this one that I think are an intriguing matchup. Uh, If the SEC... Like, if, if Arkansas lose this game, then the SEC are like, oh, yeah, it's only Arkansas, they're a bottom dweller, rah, rah, rah. If they win it, all of a sudden Arkansas, are, uh, yeah, that's, you know, we expect to do this. This is what the SEC, this is how the SEC. SEC. Exactly SEC. right. Get so, that chant happening. <laughs> it's, it's what, like, Arkansas is a tough team to root against because they, they are kind of a true underdog that are starting to, to get up and about it. Uh, and Cincinnati are also that underdog too, in that they're a group of five team who are overachieving, looking really good and hoping to have a, a super positive season. So this one for me, really looking forward to. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Cincinnati bounce back um, defensively and if they can keep... Um, Kendall Bryles still the offensive coordinator there at Arkansas, I'm assuming. So uh, he'll, he'll have some high tempo uh pretty simple passing concepts but they'll put up a lot of um a lot of points probably and a lot of yards and and really stretch that vertical passing game my second game is the number seventh ranked team in the country utah from the pac-12 heading all the way across to gainesville to take on the florida gators and there's a lot of intrigue and interest in this because you've got two programs that are representing themselves in untraditional ways. And that is Utah has been such a strong defensive power, predictable year in, year out, under-recruited, uh, but get the most value out of their players. They've, they're stout up front. They produce good offensive and defensive linemen. Very, very sound defensively. And then this year, they're turning into an offense, potential offensive powerhouse. On the flip side of that, you've got Florida, who are unranked to start the season for the first time in a really, really long time. It's strange to see or not see a little number next to their uh, name when you when you're kind of looking up these previews and scores and stuff. Uh, so and and with that you've got Anthony Richardson, the the quarterback there, who some people believe, mainly the Florida natives, that he's a Heisman contender. Um, you know, obviously a super athlete can move the ball with his legs. Bit undecided on his uh, passing acumen, uh, but you know he's going to be an interesting one to see. Is he as good as? promised and then is that florida defense going to be kind of what we expect from a florida defense particularly in the secondary so a lot of question marks for both of these teams and a lot of intrigue now the scoreline to me in this one again hoping it's close but a, you know either way a blowout could be interesting here either way for either of these two teams yeah look i i really don't like this matchup for utah unfortunately i i, I don't like it not to say that they're going to lose but more from the fact that you don't have as much to gain as you do to lose in this one. Because if they do go across and win, it's, it is a great win. 
traveling the road against a power team like Florida or any team with a hundred thousand fans in that sort of environment knocking them off is fantastic. But if Florida then go on and win six games this year, seven games this year, which is possibly likely, it's not going to look nearly as good as what it will be if they're able to get this win come the end of the year. If they lose, they're fucking toast. Mm. Their season's done from a national standing perspective. You could, you'd be better off getting a number of other positions where you're getting a lot more hype and not such a dangerous spot. Uh, but obviously these schedules ha- happen a long time out. You don't have that sort of control leading into any specific season. So I, for me, I just don't like it from that perspective for these Utes. Yeah, and that's fair enough. That's a fair analysis. And, you know, the Pac-12 has traditionally not performed that well early in the season um, and certainly not that well against the SEC either. The other thing I would say, I don't know if this is a home and home, as in uh, for those that in, in, in college football, they talk about a home and home in terms of this gets played in Gainesville and then in a couple of years' time or maybe even next year, Florida would head... Um, over to Salt Lake City City to play Utah there. I don't know if this is the case, but it feels like a lot of these big-ranked SEC matchups occur at a neutral stadium, which is like 80, like maximum like 80 kilometers away from (laughs) where they play, or it's at their home. So, And I don't know if that's the case or not. It just feels that way every year in these big-ranked matchups like, that that's the case I, I don't know maybe i'm just hating on the sec some more it's easy to do it is so easy to do <laughs> all right take me through game number three of yours all right my last one this is being dubbed as the marquee matchup now i'm not sure it is the marquee matchup i i have different reasons for watching this one and why i'm so keen about it i guess but i'm talking about ohio state notre dame so so this is really being seen as what a notre dame opening the season as like five or something in the rankings yeah correct stupid high and that's because espn are like well we're gonna have this game and we want these guys to be bracketed as a 5v2 matchup they have no no business being that high in the rankings this start of the year this is a Maybe top 15 team. Maybe. Even then. Like I, if, I, if Brian Kelly was the coach, would you be saying the same thing? I would maybe bump him up to top 12. I just don't think this oh, is wow, a great okay. Notre Dame team. I'm not a huge believer uh, in this unit this year. I don't think there's all that much to like. Compared to the likes of an Ohio State, this for me is the best team in the country this year. I'm, and the reason I'm excited is, is to see it come together. And, and I've been kind of really looking forward to seeing this combination of Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith, Njigba, and Stroud there, CJ Stroud at the quarterback position. Like, it's going to be fantastic. And we've got it all year, and this is a, a primetime matchup for them to then validate one of my other strong beliefs that Notre Dame aren't that good. I love all this. I love everything about this. I might only watch the first half because it's going to be such a blowout after then. I'm not going to need to watch the rest of it. They'll be playing the backups. But now I've said all of this, I've made it a good game for all of you. I, yeah, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And what I do want to point out here to maybe first-time listeners, maybe new listeners, Will's takes on teams over the course of a season are often incredibly accurate. In terms of if he predict, if he predicts a team to be good, um, in terms of you know you pick Stanford to go off a cliff on the year that they went off a cliff, uh, you continue to believe in Oklahoma 
um, a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, maybe they come back to the pack and you're like, nah, they're still the best. They went and won the Big 12. The following year, you were like, ah, I think they come back to the pack. Sure enough, that happened. Will's broad big season takes on teams, fantastic. On a week-to-week ability to pick winners and losers, a fucking disaster. <laughs> so I don't know how you actually manage it because obviously you're good at generally predicting the records in terms of wins and losses across the season. It's just you can't get them right when it counts most. So, and this is really dangerous of you because you're planning in my mind, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be gambling the weekly. I should be playing all the season long markets whilst they're still open, which is only for a few hours. So immediately after this recording session, I'm going to be on the phone to my bank manager. I'm going to be moving some funds around, like withdrawing off of the home loan and, and sh- shuffling some stuff around. To uh to make this worthwhile, I appreciate the faith and yeah, I, I just let's let's get going so I can start making these calls because if it gets ba- too bank late, manager, you've be... still got a. Do people have bank managers anymore? You don't have a bank manager. Well, yeah, but like this isn't the 1940s where you roll in with your checking account and like <laughs> call a meeting with a dude and smoke cigars in his office. Like, just going into a bank in general, like why would what what would be the need? Do you have a briefcase <laughs> of cash? I don't even, I, it, I don't remember the last time I had any cash. It, mate, they're all just made-up numbers on a screen. All right, my last game is, and again, probably for a lot of the same reasons of the, my first game, Purdue-Penn State, I do have a bit of a, a soft spot, a little uh, juicy, squishy spot for the Beavers. Um, and I'm going to take Boise State and Oregon State. This game is in Corvallis. I love it because I think Oregon State's offense, which was good last year and fun to watch, is going to be even better, particularly on the ground. I do, I, you know, there's so many high part, high volume, high explosive um, passing attacks in the country. And I think Oregon State's running game is actually potentially their strength this year. And, and it's good to see the spread to run stuff. Um, like if you think back to the Urban Meyer, Ohio State teams and Florida teams, like that spread to run stuff, I really kind of like watching as well as a bit of a change up and, and Oregon State are going to do that and then on the other side you get Boise State you get Hank Backmeyer playing his 19th season um, for the Broncos at quarterback he can pass the ball around a fair bit the defense for Boise State will be consistently good as it has been throughout the journey um, and continues to be um, and then you know you're potentially leaning to a little bit of a one-dimensional um, Boise State team as well, who's struggled to run the ball last year. So a, a really close game between the potentially the best in the Mountain West and a Pac-12 team that's going to be continually pushing to rise up the boards and consider themselves not just frisky in the Pac-12, but you know move up and and be. I don't want to say, I'm careful of saying nationally relevant, but can they move into being like a top 40 team in the country and do that on a year-to-year basis, not just be the, the team that gets funky once a week against Oregon, but does this consistently get to another bowl game and, and maybe even shake up the Pac-12 North? A lot of like hope throughout that. A lot of like oh. ge- genuine, and, and I like that's, that's why we get into 100%. sport, right? You, you, you kind of, you want things to happen. I do not agree with you on a lot of that stuff. Like coming from a realistic standpoint, I, I ain't buying into it, but I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, good luck. I would say good luck, but I wouldn't mean it. Um, There'd be a stranger world that would occur. Like I don't think Oregon State 
okay, here's a here's a uh, what's more likely, I guess, is are Oregon State more likely to be like a top forty team in the country or a bottom thirty team in the country? Yeah, I mean, probably top forty with the trajectory that they've been on. I think they got a good coaching staff, so that's, that's a fair shout. Hey, look at that. Um, yeah, and and that's what I'm looking forward to, and 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 hopefully we see a good result. In terms of, again, closeness of game, high-quality game. And that's what you want to see from these games. So that's my takes. I've only got one ranked team in those six teams and three games that I've got there. You've gone the full ranked matchups. But that's probably the juiciest and the best of our games in week one. Of course, of course, there'll be some games that show up out of the woodwork that we'll have no idea. Next thing you know, it's 45 all with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter and things are getting funky. Yes, like if we have not mentioned your team, it's not because we don't rate them. It's not because we don't think they're going to be fantastic. Like, I'm going to watch almost every fucking game this Saturday. Like, I'm going to be getting up early. I'm going to have all the TVs going. I've I've got it set up now so that I can get eight games going on the one eight. screen. Yeah, yeah. How do you follow that? You're like a red zone guy, though, aren't you? I'm a bit of a red zone guy. I, I, I like that. to kind of peruse around, and then the audio just goes on the one that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I don't have the brain capacity to be able to manage more than, I think, two. Again, we watch sport very differently. I've worked that out. We do. You, you love a, a highlight, a touchdown. Um, I like the storylines and the, the weaving, winding nature of games. Um, which means that I can only probably manage two, and even then, sometimes it's a stretch. Yeah, um, and look, like I think I'll be pushing it to the the far end of the spectrum this week, but it's just because I want to consume it all, and I feel like if yeah. I've got it on, I'm I'm that kid who's kind of like just above the textbook and like pushing it into his face. That's what I'll be doing <laughs> at the TV, just kind of like trying to push it into my head just so I can consume ones. it all. <laughs> yeah. Doing these ones. Um, well, that was a good visual cue for all our, vis- <laughs> uh, our uh, YouTube fans. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I prefer to kind of take on the, the 20 minute or 15 to 20 minute highlight clips of the games I miss if there's something interesting. And, and if it is really interesting, man, you can get the full games up within... Yeah. A few I, I, hours anyway, so I'll tend strange. to sit there and watch that. I don't know what it is about me, but I, like I'm not a, a replay guy. Like I have to be watching it when it happens. So that's why I feel like it needs to always be on, so I can be like, "Oh, I'm seeing that as yeah. it's happening." You're like an instant gratification guy. Definitely need it. Whereas I'll tend to go back and like watch the same game multiple times because I think you get a different view of it second time around. That is wild. anyway. That is a lot. That is a lot. But that is the interesting games of week one. Now, let's move on into the headlines. And now, I just want to reiterate one more time that these headlines are not made up. We haven't made these up. This isn't predictions that are going to happen. This is the future. So, now, I don't want to say, like, spend money on it. I know we'll we'll do that, but we know his history in that space. But these are the headlines. So, number one, Georgia Cruz. That is what you will read Monday morning or uh, Sunday morning if you are in another part of the world. Georgia will cruise to a win. Statistically speaking, Oregon cannot back up a win last year against Ohio State in the horseshoe. They did that last year. We all know about that. If you take away the players and you flip a coin... Even then, you're not statistically going to win this game, 
All right. Now you're up against the defending national champs. Yeah, the defense won't be as good as last year, but it will still be really, really good. They've recruited, as we know, at a really high level. Oregon trotting out a new coaching staff, a new offense under Kenny Dillingham, who was disappointing at his time at Florida State as the offensive coordinator. And you've got Bo Nix as your quarterback as well. This one will not be close. Uh, can I can I be like the photo editor guy for these stories? Sure. All right. Sure. So it's just going to be like Georgia Cruz. This one is like a big paddle steamer on the Chattahoochee with like a, the big <laughs> bulldog on the side of it. I think that yeah. paints the picture well. Good. I like so it. So you don't think that Bo Nix is going to be this year's Joe Burrow? Just no. That's okay. <laughs> just wanted to confirm. <laughs> Good question. Good question, but no. All right. Headline number two. Cam Rising, Heisman potential. He has the weapons on the road against a respected football power in Florida. He goes 250, three touchdowns through the air. Actually, three touchdowns total, leading Utah to a fantastic outing. Their O-line is good. The defense is good. This is the year for Utah, and they get off to a fantastic offensive start under Cam Rising. Now, this may be where I lose my job in, in it, but what I'm thinking here is we've gone uh, MS Paint style, and I've just kind of looped the head, and then I've got a picture of the Heisman, and then I've just kind of Photoshopped that on, like Good. real average style, and then put that yeah. next to it there. Good. Now, you'll notice that I didn't say at any stage that Utah are going to win this game, but <laughs> you've got you to think that uh, Cam Rising's going to have a... a a pretty good day out and if he does then they're probably in good shape as well all right vandy vanderbilt in a letdown oh no <laughs> vanderbilt don't experience a letdown spot very often but 63 10 victory over hawaii they were over there over in the pacific they then are on a short week against elon <laughs> I don't know much about them, but very rarely do Vandy have the opportunity to even be in a position to have a letdown. Look for a really slow start and maybe even a loss here for Vandy, but the headline will read, Vandy, letdown? Question mark. Oh, and then it's going to have the Commodore, the photo of the Commodore, and it'll have the crying Jordan like applied <laughs> over his face. Yeah, good. Um, again, didn't say they would win or lose. Uh it's week two, and UConn don't have a losing record. Yes, they went down last week, but a much better effort. Jim Moore, the former coach at UCLA, has got UConn looking a little bit more organized, which we've always been critical of, of teams like UConn going to going back to like retread coaches that you know maybe had some success elsewhere. But Moore has done a good job um, getting them organized. Uh, half to half time last week, they were fantastic. The offense was solid. The defense has come a long way. Against Central Connecticut, they get a win. And UConn are one and one. Yeah, I think this one is quite... Like, the UConn kit, the full kit, suit like Superman hips on shoulder pose with the cape flaping out the back and 500 on the chest. Like, yeah. <laughs> Good, I like it. Because from this point on, it's all down here from you. It ain't getting easier. Yeah. All right. Any headlines from you this week, Will? Because we know, again, this isn't a prediction. This is what's going to happen. So, Yeah, look, I I may fly in the face of what you've 
what you're saying. <laughs> so mine different publication. Different, different publication. publication. Yeah, mine's more of a... What's that racist one that Gundy did? <laughs> no, that was a radio station, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever they are. And like, look, we do not affiliate with that. That's, that's not our style, but that, that's how poor my uh, journalism is going to be here. I'm going to say that the Pac-12 are done as the season starts. <laughs> done. Pack 12's finished. And, and my photo, I've done my own photo, is like, the you know, the first hurdle? When, like, someone <laughs> yeah. stacks it on the, the very first hurdle, that's just the Pack yeah. 12 And then we've got, like, all the other logos get just clearly covering them. And then there's the one who's just eating shit on the first hurdle. That's the Pack 12 This week, Oregon are going to go down. Utah go down. And for anyone out there saying, what about USC? They're not going to lose. No, that, but... They don't, they're already fucking done. They're, they're, they're going to fuck it up elsewhere. They're not in the <laughs> national conversation. There's two teams that are. The Pac-12 will be done after this week. Zing, cop that. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd disagree with this racist publication of yours. <laughs> um, and that will not be the case. And USC are playing rice for those at home. And um, we were talking before the show, actually, that we can't wait to watch USC this year. Not this week, but we can't wait to watch them this year and, and see what Lincoln Riley's got cooking in southern Los Angeles. And and for the record, I'm, I'm on board Utah this year. Like, I hope they win. I really hope they win, but it's, as I said, it's a tough spot. It is a tough spot. All right. To the last segment of the day, it is time to go on the punt and lose all your money for the first time of the year. If there's someone who's got hope, and everybody's got hope at this point, Everybody's got hope because it's the start of a college football season. Every team can be a winner. Every gambler can make money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> I think, can they, Will? Absolutely. Oh, can they? You know, you know. History has told us that I start hot. You do I, start, and I think that's because Vegas is adjusting. Vegas and is adjusting. Where I like, I'm so dialed into it somehow that I, I get it until like you actually need to know what's happening, and then I'm toast. And then <laughs> they are better at it. But I'm going to keep trying. And and yes, I, I do start hot. I think you'll enjoy this. Um, mm-hmm. One of our wonderful Twitter fans out there, uh, uh, another college football uh, publication put out their picks uh, and then did a bit of a review of their own picks and I think they went three of seven um, and kind of, you know, not thrilled about that. And they were saying, you know, not not the end of the world and I then have gone on there and, and had a bit of a dig at them for that. Yeah. Like, this is me having a crack. I that's <laughs> fucking the glassest house over here and I'm having a dig and, and the guy's kind of like being joyful about it and and, you know, If only he knew. If only he knew. (laughs) So with that said, I'm feeling good here. I'm ready. So you want to be those Twitter douchebags who just starts flaming people and hopes they erupt. Just fucking get your picks right. Easy. All right, let's hear it then. Here it is. If you want the right picks... Now, these are predictions. These aren't going to be the headlines. This isn't what you're going to read. This is going to be actual made-up stuff whereby you lose your money. Cold, hard cash. That's what it's going to be. So I've, I've covered us across the weekend here. I'm going Thursday night, so Friday morning for us here in Australia, right through to Monday. Like I'm, I'm hitting all of it. I'm getting a little <laughs> bit of interest across the days here. 
Uh, tomorrow, keen as for this one. We didn't talk about it at all. West Virginia and Pittsburgh. The backyard brawl is on. Back for the 105th time or something crazy like that. Rivalry renewed. I'm really excited. These big rivalry games uh, often produce surprise upsets. I think this is a, a tight matchup on paper. There's like question marks absolutely everywhere on both sides. Uh, and with that said, I've got West Virginia Again, seven and a half points, like more than a touchdown. Give me that every day. I'm taking West Virginia and the points over Pitt. Uh, you got JT Daniels Ooh. in for the Mountaineers. You got Keaton Slovis in for uh, Pitt there. <laughs> Just a USC showdown here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit exciting uh, from that front, but I think West Virginia's defense will show out. Um, and JT Daniels, I've, I've been a firm believer on for a, a number of years. I, th- I think he is going to be in a p- position to do some good work for this Mountaineers team. Uh, so for me, West Virginia plus seven and a half is going to be the first money in the bank this year. Could have easily made it into one of the most interesting games of the week as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now my next one, you're not going to like this. Uh, and I don't know how much of this is like analytics. I've gone in, I've had a good hard look at it uh, versus me just kind of trying to have a dig at you. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I worry about that. that, that I'm a little bit kind of, <laughs> that feels like a real heart overhead sort of moment. But Boise State are not only going to mm. cover here, but they're going to win straight up on the road. They're going to knock over uh, Oregon State. Uh, I think they're, what is it, two and a half, three points at the moment. I'm saying they're going to win. I've got $2.30 uh, for, for that lot there. So give me Boise State in that one. I'm surprised. Sorry, so Oregon State are favorites? Is that what you're Yes, yes. I'm surprised that's almost not like an even money game. Like it's, uh, that one feels like it could be really, really close. Yes, yes. Hank Backmeyer is still around. I feel like he's been doing it for a while. He's old. He's old. But uh, he's, he's going to help the Broncos get off to a good start there. I'm confident in that one. Uh, next Which means one, he'll, probably, he'll probably blow his knee out in the first quarter. So don't be saying this. Don't be bringing me down. You know I start well. <laughs> next one, uh, it's, it's not so much a pick for the team that I'm backing here, but it's against the team that I'm not picking. And that's uh, San Diego. <laughs> what? Well, San Diego State, right? That they were good last year. Mm-hmm. San Diego State, good last year. Uh, they go in as five and a half p- f- point favorites against Arizona, who are fucking garbage. And I think they're still going to be garbage. Uh, I think that is not a, not nearly enough points. San Diego State going to win this by more than two touchdowns. Give me San Diego State over Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, and I think both you and I have talked about this one uh, before the show kicked off here, LSU, Florida State. I almost like stayed away from it because sometimes you see a number and it's just fishy. Like it smells. Something ain't right. That number ain't big enough for them LSU Tigers. Yes, this is being played in a neutral site zone. But again, similar to what you were saying earlier, it's in their fucking backyard. It's in their practice field. Oh, it's not in our home stadium. It's in our like 100,000 seat practice stadium just up the road. (laughs) And that's in the Superdome there for uh, LSU. So LSU, yes, they weren't great last year, but they do bring in Brian Kelly, who is a guy who knows how to fucking coach the football. Florida State, on the other hand, have shown given no real indication as to why they would be able to compete with a program like Louisiana State here. Three and a half points? Are you fucking kidding me? Some people are talking about Louisiana State as like 
I say Louisiana State, LSU <laughs> has, <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing, but um, have been talking about LSU as being like a top five team this year. Yeah. Like that's where they're going to finish. Because that's so where that's they the recruit. Case, Florida State haven't had a winning season in the last four. So I mean, there's, a, there's a chance that Florida State are a top 50 team this year. There you go. I mean, they could even get to a bowl game. I'm not, I'm not dying on that hill, but there's a chance. Look, <laughs> Louisiana State. LSU are going to win this game. They're going to win it big. Three and a half points is a mockery. I'm going to eat that every day. It, uh, it's exciting for me because that one is kind of the one on the Monday. So I'm going to have these three in the bank. I'm, I'm, I'm multiing these all together here. It's going to be a big one for me. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kicking things off with a bang this year. West Virginia, plus seven and a half. Boise State, straight up. San Diego State, minus five and a half. Louisiana State, minus three and a half. Let's go. If you get that, you might actually stay in the positives for the first half of the year. Unlikely. <laughs> we'll just have a bigger bankroll to burn. And LSU are going to remain Louisiana State from this point <laughs> forward on our podcast. All right, that brings us to the end of our week one preview slash season kickoff slash we Big Ten rollout. Um, before, before we wind this one up, because we've, we've been quick today. This has been unlike us. This has been sharp. I've enjoyed it. I mean, normally That's I good. enjoy it. But uh, let's let's just give some prop bets across the season, some predictions where we're at. So for those who haven't listened to all of our conference uh, recaps, we've covered off on some of this, but national championship winner at this point, who do you like? Uh, I'm taking Ohio State. Ooh, so same boat as me. We're both on Ohio State to win the national championship this year. Or uh, Alabama. <laughs> Again. Well done. Something totally different. Um, your Heisman that you think will win? CJ Stroud. Okay. Just because you don't get back-to-backs very often. Yes, I'm, I, I'm again with you, which this isn't good. Uh, but let's go Heisman that you hope would win. Heisman that I hope would win. Well, now I'm going to go like small school. No, no, no. I'm thinking like if, if, you know, it it could happen, but it is probably a little bit left of field. Uh, Well, I'd love to see a non-quarterback. So let's go Jackson Smith and Jigba. Okay. I've been on on him early days, so maybe him. You have. Uh, I think for me, it'd be like a Cam Rising at Utah. If if he's able to guide them in, that'd be a good one. The headlines are going (laughs) to... are going to show that he's definitely in the Heisman uh, race. So, yeah. That's good. Uh, Your teams that you're getting around this year, I know you've mentioned them. Yeah, but they've sort of been my teams a little bit um, kind of the entire time, really. Um, So, you've thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. Fresno State, I think, as a cheeky um, group of five team. Um, big on Fresno State this year. I think they're going to be a really good outfit. Uh, I, I, I'm I interested to see what Tennessee produced. There's been some positive momentum there around Tennessee. So looking forward to watching them kick off again and, and, and hopefully having a good season because I like picking teams a bit different. Like it'd be easy to get back on Wake, um, get back on you know Cincinnati or whoever that's been successful. But um, yeah, I think... Uh, th- there are a couple of teams that I that I like the look of early days. I don't really have anyone in the Pac-12 outside of Utah. Um, so, yeah, I think they're probably my couple. And then the Big 12 doesn't 
move the needle for me either. So, um, yeah, you know, you want to see those underdogs. You want to see them play well. Uh, I'd love to say like Coastal Carolina, but there's nothing kind of special about them either at this point. Uh, the The other one that I might mention would be like a South Carolina. Ooh, okay. As a, That's a rattler. As a, yeah, as a, yeah, as I like a spicy that. kind of team. I like that. I think if the, if we were to have like a a child team, you and I, it, it could be South a, Carolina. A child team? Yeah, yeah. Like if you and I were to uh, procreate a team. <laughs> this has got weird, but yep. It would be South Carolina this year. Um, for, okay. for me... Uh, it's it's not Nebraska. It's Minnesota to win the division there. <laughs> Good. So I'm, I'm excited about getting around them. Uh, and then I'm I'm running a real risk here. I'm gonna say Houston, and they yeah, could you... lose to UTSA this week. Like I'm really <laughs> nervous about that. <laughs> I nearly had that as one of my interesting games as well, but yeah. I think Houston's defense will be a little too good. I think but... I think they're gonna be alright, but it's a real risk. And like I can't play that. I'm off in week one again twice. Like I can't do that. So I'm nervous as heck here. It's in the it's in the Alamo Dome. I think like that is definitely one that you'll be keeping an eye on mm. score wise, and that could get flicked on early days. All, almost certainly. I think the the main driver for me getting around Houston is this bef- is before they jump in the big 12 and then i'll fucking hate them so this is the last chance i get to kind of like them before i can really despise them as a program yeah yeah no i really need some out of the box there's nothing really out of the box but yeah let's go with for me let's go with tennessee um and uh, south carolina both sec teams that's not like me is not all right and fresno got fresno i I think we're good mate i'm i'm excited you're excited this is yeah you don't sound super excited but but i definitely am and uh tomorrow might be a little bit hard watching for me um i got a few things to catch up with uh at school just a couple of behavioral things that i gotta put to bed so um i don't know how much i'm gonna get of the oklahoma state game but maybe if i have it on in the background a possibility i don't know how much illegal streaming i can get through the school um, internet but <laughs> i'll do my best <laughs> anyway oh purdue penn state at 9 30 how am i going to do this i need a i need a solution here do you have uh, any login you don't do <laughs> absolutely i do ah perfect i'll have that all right that brings us to i can't get access to that while you're watching eight games at once though can i we'll, we'll no. work some magic here my man all right, that brings us to the end of our week one preview, our season launch episode. So make sure you do hit us up, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at CFB Down Under. Enjoy your week one full of hope, both as a fan and financially, where hope is still real. Um, because after this week, for many of us, <laughs> hope dies. Anyway, my name's Aaron, that is Will, and we will see you next time. Thank you.